Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. We drove up here to Odenton this morning, or maybe it's Odenton. I know there's a big... (laughs) <laughs> whether it's an ING in there or not. But we're speaking with Shay Cook, who is the founder of an organization called, or a business called Crusaders for Change, uh, based out of here in Odenton. And I want to talk to you for a couple different reasons. Number one is that you were part of the second cohort, which is a word that I really don't like, um, of the IVP program, which is a program with the um, Anne Arundel Economic Development Corporation. But Crusaders for Change is really kind of a neat organization keep saying organization because it's uh it is it's organization it's an organization or, a yeah company, or a company but, yeah i um, call it both uh yeah. but based here and you know with what's going on in the world and just you know people making their way and the the pandemic crisis that went out and everything else it's a very needed type of a organization and a business here uh founded in 2016 so you've been around for a little bit yes mm-hmm. been around the room you are a uh woman-owned uh, MBE, DBE, depending on which way you want to want to look at that. Um, so, what is Crusaders for Change? Yeah, thanks, John, for this opportunity today. Um, Crusaders for Change started in, again May fifth, twenty sixteen, on Cinco de Mayo, um, but it really came into fruition ten years. Did tequila prior. have anything to do with that? <laughs> no, <laughs> do like some tequila in vodka, but no, no tequila. Um, but it really comes from a spiritual place. Um, my husband was military, he's retired Air Force, and when we were in Turkey, my spirit really spoke to me is to, to start a business. And uh, years is going by, and working on degrees getting certifications and financial uh, personal finances I started writing down in a journal years before 2016 about a business and what it would look like and Crusaders for Change actually came up during that, that journaling um, so when in 2016 when I finally was serious about it and I was ready to take that leap of faith I went back to that journal and I was like oh what am I going to name this business and it was there and it's really about just helping people getting out of debt improving their credit saving meeting financial goals through financial counseling coaching and classes and really just do find um you know just helping people get financially free how did you find your way i mean okay you were journaling and you were trying to figure out okay i want to do this and, and you said it's a leap of faith and boy yeah. i'll tell you starting your own business it really is <laughs> it really is <laughs> and, and it has its ups and downs i've often Amen. joked Amen. and said that you know it's the most rewarding thing i've ever done mm. uh yet it's the most stressful thing Amen. Yes. and as you sit there, and I, I know I, I jokingly say I, I get down and I pray to the post office guys to bring me, you know, a check some weeks. Yeah. And other weeks it's like, okay, this is great because I'm, I'm doing some fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did you find your way here into the financial realm? You said you married married into the military. Yeah, and my dad was military too, so I got to give him credit. He was in the Army for 22 years. So I always say I was conceived into the military. My parents met and actually in Fort Meade, Maryland, had me ah. and then got married and traveled around the world. And then I met my husband while 
while I was in college and traveled around the world again. Um, really, my passion at the time before I even personal finance was psychology. I, you know, when I was in college, I started off in computer science, and that's a long story for another day. Um, but psychology, I fell in love with psychology and just the study of human behavior. And so I always really wanted to do some like, you know, mental health counseling. But when we were in Turkey, it really just started speaking to me like finances is your thing. And I started looking back. It's like when I was in uh, high school, I was always the treasurer, you know, and I love the <laughs> counting. And I was always the treasurer. Even to this day, everybody's like, can you be the treasurer? Um, and, you know, and I loved math. And then when I went to college, again, psychology was like the thing. I was like, ooh, I'm going to be a psychologist. Um, but when I was working for the family services for the Air Force in Turkey, one of my colleagues was like, you got a real knack for helping service members with budgeting and finances and stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to do psychology. She's like, well, you need to apply for this program. Um, and so it was the Military Spouse Fellowship Program through FINRA Foundation, Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. And they had this military program to help military spouses become accredited financial counselors. And I just did it because she told me to, and it looked great on my resume. Well, you know what? I got accepted a month later, and we were moving from Turkey to Maryland. And I did the program in less than a year. And really, John, as I moved through my career with the military, I was working for as a federal civilian um, with the Air Force and the Army and then the Coast Guard. It was always personal finances, always personal finances. And I'm like, oh, I got a real knack for this. And I did other family services, uh, you know, fields and, and items. But, you know, it just really always came back to personal finances. And then in 2016, I was like, you know what? It's time that I actually listened to the spirit that spoke to me in 2006 when I was in Turkey and helped people with their finances do a business. So and that was 10 years in, 10 in the making. 10 years. I feel always to tell family and friends that I was disobedient to my spirit because I was like, no, I want to be a federal civilian. I want to be a GS-15 or SES and all this. And I got up to a 14 um, and I was the first family services division chief for a Coast Guard managing 13 family programs. It was a really cool gig, but I really just wanted to do personal finances. Well, as, you know, personal finance, I mean, my own little bug up my own butt is that the public schools don't necessarily don't. teach these kids that are mm-hmm. getting out. And I mean, they're very good at encouraging them to either, you know, get on a track, mm-hmm. go into the workforce track, mm-hmm. uh, the tech track, mm-hmm. um, I'll say like the Botech or the trades track, Great. I guess they call yeah. it, or the college track. Mm-hmm. No matter what track you get into, at some point you're going to have to balance the checkbook. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, just the basic stuff. I mean, I, you know, my kid one time asked me, and I, and I was like embarrassed. The stamp goes on the upper right corner of the envelope, right? I mean, just the real, and, and it's the stuff that I, as in being being an old guy, have taken for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think anybody balances a checkbook Not anymore. anymore. No. Uh, we mm-hmm. we pull up the app, and yeah, there's exactly. I'll Venmo, <laughs> I'll Venmo some money in there, yeah. and. I remember in my college days, uh, Sears was still in business, <laughs> and their large, their biggest profitable line was their credit card, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to all the products they sold. And I remember getting that card; that was my very first credit card, and it didn't matter. I could have bought like Montana, and I could have paid thirteen dollars a month for it for the rest, exactly. you know, rest the rest of, of the planet's life. <laughs> yeah. You know, as a result, when I was younger, I got in over my head. I got, uh, you know, I, it, my first house I bought, the bank was like, dude, you know, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's, it's a needed service. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've got to think that, you know, in, when you look in your roots in the military, that the military, I mean, their, foc- their focus is pretty singular on the military and mm-hmm. tends to be by the wayside. So I imagine it's probably a great opportunity to 
you know, get in there and, and help people. Yeah, and the military, I mean, they have plenty of resources, not necessarily used use because there's still a stigma around money and around getting help and, and around personal finances, even with the military. We had these robust services and still do because I work very closely with them still throughout all of the military services and service members still don't want to get help because of the stigma. But then even like you said, when I was working, I was working, I worked for the credit unions in Germany and Omaha, Nebraska for a while. And I remember service members coming in and I'm like, well, I still have checks in my book, ma'am. I still have money. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, I'm looking at your account right now. It's negative 300. It starts with a dash. <laughs> That's not good. So, you know, and they were young service members, 20, 21, 22, you know, and they had no clue about money. So, you know, I, I you know, working for the military at the time, I was helping people through educating them. And now I'm helping, you know, through the library system, educate the youngins because they have no clue about saving and Investing and anything between. You're working with yeah. the Anne Arundel County Libraries. Yes, I do. You know, mm-hmm. the library is so not the library when I was young. <laughs> yeah, they they are great. I oh mean, my God, they are. They've just discontinued it, but for a while they were distributing um, COVID tests, mm-hmm. rapid yeah. COVID tests, and I'm, I've got to find out why they're discontinuing it. Oh. But um, they pulled them out last week. But so what? What exactly do you do? I mean, what do I come to Crusaders for Change? Yeah. It's crusadersforchange.org with the number four. Yes, exactly. Crusadersforchange.org, exactly. Or .com. We own both domains. Um, yeah, you know, somebody who is ready. I always say ready because we get a lot of we get a lot of interest, which is great. People come and say, you know, I have a lot of debt. That's the one of the biggest one. I got a lot of student loan debt. I have a lot of unsecured debt. I'm just, you know, collections up, the, you know, just crazy collections on my credit report. My credit score is low. I have no savings, especially during the pandemic. People were really are really struggling still to meet, have you know have their meet their you know sure. their regular necessary um, you know items that they need to purchase, and then um, and everything in between. Just oh, I need education. Even though we're not financial advisors and we're not helping give investment investment advice, we do provide investment education to, and that's what we do with the library and other places, just to educate people on their four hundred one ks, four hundred three bs, IRAs, and so forth. So people come to us and they really are struggling. It's either reactive or they're preventive, whatever the situation may be. And I always say, if you're ready to move forward, there's discipline in this. Just like when you go on a diet. You know, and you change your lifestyle. I was just going there. There's discipline, there's sacrifice, there's accountability, there's goals, you know, all these kind of things that we help you put together. As a counselor, we're looking at mindset and behavior changes, which I just love how God just came together and said, you get this psychology degree, it's going to help you with finances as a counselor. And then the coach is really putting that accountability in there, attaching their values to their goals, and then having that accountability piece. So um, that's why I love the whole counselor coach piece, too, even though I was a counselor way before I was a coach, um, but the coaching really helps as well. So, and I've hired people to assist with all those areas too. Great. Well, I've seen commercials and stuff like that about, you know, pay us money and we'll erase your debt and, and yeah. improve your credit scores credit or anything. Is, is that a bunch of BS? I believe so, personally. I know some states and throughout, because I've worked through many different states, being a military spouse, in Georgia specifically, in some of the southern states, that it's illegal to have these credit repair places come in. So it's funny, like when I try to be on social and they're like, your credit repair, we can't you know, prove you. I'm like, I'm not a credit repair. What I'm really doing is, and working for the credit union really helped me, is sitting down with a person going through their credit report saying, do we need to dispute this item, this? Do we need to pay this item so it can come off your credit. It takes time. 
You know, these credit repair places, they what they do just real quickly is they'll, you know, they you'll pay them five hundred thousand plus dollars. They'll report your your item to the credit report or try to threaten them, and then they'll remove it temporarily so you can go buy a house and a car real quick. But guess what? In six to twelve it's months, back. it's back on your credit report. So it takes time for you to repair your credit, and I, I can help people with that. It does. I mean, and it's again, you mentioned diet. I'll say it's just like a diet. I mean, you know, I, I want to lose sixty. Exactly. Well, it's not happening by the weekend or, or the Super Bowl. Exactly. You know, it's, it's it's going to take a little bit of time and effort uh, to do it there. Um, and and you did mention that you're not a financial planner. I mean, what is the difference between what you do and financial planning? Yeah, exactly. So what I always tell people we are we're focused on the basics. So we're looking at the debt, and I know planners do that as well, but they don't get paid for that most of the time. We're focused on looking at the the basics, teaching you about your debt, your credit, saving, financial goals, meeting those goals, and really again with the counseling piece, changing your behavior. A lot of people know what they need to do. They just don't know how to, or they've got a mindset issue or money trauma. That's a real thing. Money trauma from a parent or relationship that just really... What is money trauma? Yeah, it's a good question. I was just in a, a symposium about that, Derek. It's, it's just, you know, something like, you know, a family member is... You, you come from a family member or, excuse me, a family that is broke, that it has poor, that they didn't have any money. And so you're always you know, when you finally get money, you're like either keep it close to you because you're scared that you might you might lose it. That's just one example of many. Or you're spending crazy, which I do have a lot of um, clients, unfortunately, because they come from a family of low income. They didn't have a lot of money. They couldn't buy food. They didn't have housing. They had to stay with family that can traumatize a person. And then when they finally get money or they get to a place where they're comfortable, then they're either hoarding the money and they're not able to save or do stuff. Um, because they're scared to spend or scared to save. They're putting it under the bed, literally. Or they're spending because they never had any clothes. They never had a lot of food. So it can go in many different ways, and it can be deeper than that. That's interesting. I I, I would think it would work the opposite way, too. If, if say, you were of a family of means that (laughs) did then end... The stock market crashed and you lost. You put all my money with Bernie Madoff. And all, yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. you know, I, I was living the life and now I'm, I'm not living the life. Mm-hmm. To be able to, you know, to be a child of that or to be part of that and rebuilding. That's... Um, or even, like you said, a child that comes from money and they've been enabled all their lives and now they're out there just spending, oh, I, I have just an abundance of money. No, you don't. You need to save something. And they're just, you know, they have this mindset that they're always going to have something. And then they spend it all and they're like, oh, my God, where's my money? So. Well, one thing I've learned in my almost 60 years of life, there are no guarantees exactly. in, in life. And, you know, as soon as you start to realize, as soon as you start to believe that there are guarantees and there's entitlements and everything else, mm-hmm. usually they're pulled away from you. Yeah, uh, exactly. You, you usually get a, a wake up call. That and, is so true. I've been laid off. You know, everybody's like, get a government job. It's so secured. And then I was laid off by the army. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's not that secure. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are ways. But do you, now, do you work? I mean, businesses, I've talked to a lot of businesses and mm-hmm. some of them I walk away and I go like, wow, how are, how are you in business? <laughs> and, and there are some people that have are great idea people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I will say musicians mm-hmm. as a whole tend to be, I mean, they're creative, mm-hmm. they're, they're geniuses, they, they produce a beautiful product. Mm-hmm. Most of them 
are probably not real good on the bookend. Exactly. Uh, I mean, do you work with businesses at all? Yeah, um, not as much as I, you know, it's funny thing is you ask that question because I do work from businesses from the personal sense. So people own businesses come to me and want to get their personal finances in order and then they go to an accountant or a CPA to okay. get the business in order. And usually what I've found, and I'm sure a lot of the counselors in my, a lot in my industry can tell you this, is that business owners that don't have their personal finances in order don't have their business finances. Is in order. So, I'll, you know, a lot of on small business entrepreneurs are come to C4C, as I call it, Crusaders for Change, and will need help with their personal finances. And they're like, oh, well, I'm not doing this in my business finances. I'm, you know, so a lot of that stuff, you know, transfers to there. Interesting. And you've been, okay, so you've been doing this since May of 2016. Yes, so sir. we're going on six years. Yeah. Um, what is the best piece of advice, or maybe it's a repeated piece of advice that you you know, somebody walks in and, you know, you meet with them and you pull out the glove and you're like, okay, look, how many times do I have to tell you don't, you know, spend more than you earn? You know, yeah. what, I mean, that's obviously a simple one. But what's yeah. one of the biggest pieces of advice that you can give somebody that may be struggling? Mm, that's a good question. Because it all depends on the situation. I know one of the most consistent pieces of advice I give is that either if you are living above your means, you either need to spend less or make more. And people don't understand that sometimes. So because when we're going through their line items on their spend plan or budget, you know, and I'm like, oh, you're spending too much on food, which is a big one right now in pandemic. And people have to cut back on that or their cable or whatever it may be. Um, it's like you really have to cut back on your spending or you just need to go get a second job or try to get a promotion or whatever that might be. That's usually like the most basic consistent advice that us as counselors have to get. We talk about this all the time in our conference and stuff. People are either spending too much or they're not making enough. So so they need to either cut back or they need to just make more. So That makes sense. Pretty, 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 pretty basic. <laughs> but, pretty you know, sim- pretty it simple. It's very simple, but it's not always easy. No, no. You're, you're absolutely right. And I, mean, I think everybody has gone through that. I mean, yeah. my, my children are grown and flown mm-hmm. at this point. And I mean, you know, there were times when we struggled through, mm-hmm. you know, through life. I mean, okay, yeah. we've got bills and we've got this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, the kids are some of the most expensive assets you're ever, <laughs> ever going to own. <laughs> so um, but who, who is your ideal client? Yeah. So before the pandemic, you know, because I work with the military and I'm an African-American woman, I was like, oh, my community and they still do need a lot of help. So in the beginning, it was African-American uh, single women, younger um, couples. We love working with married couples or partnered couples and then seniors. Then now in the pandemic, and I'm sure after the pandemic, and we always helped everybody in between. Um, it doesn't matter what race, you know, it's just it's all about who's ready to get out of debt, to improve their credit, to save, who wants to do better financially, who wants to be financially free and not feel like the shackles of, you know, whatever money issue they're having is holding them back. So that's who's coming to them. And, you know, male, female, doesn't matter what color, doesn't matter what race, doesn't ethnicity, doesn't matter what religious affiliation. We've been helping everybody during the pandemic. I mean, it's just especially after we started opening up a little bit last year. Um, you know, I was, we were getting so many calls that people just needed help. And a lot of it was just like, I don't have enough savings. I'm scared of the next pandemic. I'm like, well, hopefully we never see another pandemic. But, you know, whatever the next unexpected expense or a situation might be, they're trying to save more to prepare for that. Because as you might know, some of the data that's come out over the last few years, Americans can't even pay uh, for, for, for a $400 emergency. You know, it's... Uh, it, I. The story I've told a couple different times, but I went to – I was talking to this guy at the Salvation Army down in Annapolis, and they have a food kitchen in the basement. And uh, I just happened to notice this guy rolls up in a 
fairly new, less than a year old, high-end Mercedes, goes down to the basement and picks up, comes out with a bag of whatever food. And I was just sort of taken aback by that. Mm. I mean, because, again, this is a a misconception on my point, and it's an assumption and everything else that here's some loaded guy going Mm. down there and taking the free bread that the poor guy that's living homeless can't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I asked him about that. And he said, that A, he says, he knows exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> and he said, we don't ask questions. If mm. you need it, you can have it. That's mm-hmm. our policy. Yeah. But he said, I'll tell you the situation there. That is a family that is very well to do. Stay at home mom. The kids are in private school. Nice home. The whole nine yards. Uh, he just, I mean, was living the life. Had, had the Mercedes. Had, you know, had it all. Lost his job. Uh, and he's going to be reemployed. I mean, it's not like he's unemployable, yeah. but he's got two or three months before he finds that. Mm. Okay, and during those two or three months, he's got to figure out: Do we pay the mortgage? <laughs> do we pay the car payment? You know, if we don't have a car, mm-hmm. we can't go out to look for jobs. Mm-hmm. Or do we cut back on the food bills? Mm-hmm. And that's where we come in to fill that gap. Uh, you know, I would hope that at some point when he gets back on his feet, that he would remember this and pay it back. If not, that's fine too. But you know, it really hit home for me that we're all so close. I mean, you hear the phrase living paycheck to paycheck. Yes, very well. Um, But we are all so close. And you said that, you know, a $400 unexpected expense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, you know, what was the, is this, I don't even know whether it's still valid, but they used to tell you you have six months of emergency living expenses. Now they're saying up to 12 because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what what constitutes a emergency fund? Is that like we're my life and my lifestyle continues, but I just have no income type. I mean, do I, does that include my Netflix? And, and my, you know? <laughs> no, that because that includes your necessities. So when I'm helping to spend, you know, a, a client and we're going through their spend plan, I'm like, all right, we're planning for an emergency fund. Used to say three to six. Now we say six to 12 because of the pandemic and because it's just the way the world is, you know? And so we're looking at, you know, the necessities, your rent, mortgage, your light, your utilities, you know, your food, and that's the basics in your car, right. you know, and yeah, in your vehicle. Exactly. Um, you know, and of course, your utilities includes the telephone because that's important as well. But, you know, I working for the military, many times service members will come in. I was an emergency relief, uh, emergency relief officer for the Army and the Air Force. And people will come in needing, you know, grants and loans for just all kinds of different emergencies. And a lot of times they're like, well, I paid my credit card, but I don't have enough money for food. And I understood that. I'm like, why are you paying your credit card? Well, they didn't want to ruin their credit. They didn't want, you know, the collectors coming after them. But they knew that we would help them with their food. So they had to make a choice between paying, you know, all those other bills, the rent and all that, the car, the chilled child care, you know, and stuff like that. And then they were like, well, we'll leave food and then we'll go seek assistance for that. Because most places are not going to pay for your credit cards and your your cars, you know, and right. stuff like that. So they had to make the hard decision sometimes to go without food so they can go and try to get money for food. Uh, yeah. or a horrible position to be exactly. in. Exactly. Horrible very, position very. to be in. And, you know, I, I will say also that you've recently finished up the second, we mentioned it earlier, the second cohort of the IBB, IBP program, yes. which every time I see that and say that, I either think it's A, some sort of a fertility treatment <laughs> like IVF. or some sort of a timeshare yeah, situation. Yeah, but it is the Inclusive Ventures program, which is born actually out of the pandemic mm-hmm. for Minority, and we'll define it any which way we want them, whether it's you know black or female or mm-hmm. Alaskan or you know whatever yeah. it may be. Um, businesses in Anne Arundel County mm-hmm. uh, to 
get help to bring them to the next level. And you have to be an operating business. You can't be an idea. Uh, There's probably other programs. But it's administered through the Anne Arundel Economic Development Corp. Mm -hmm. And how was your experience with that? They they bring mentors to you to, yeah. you know, so, and, and I'm going to say that you've, you're, you've probably got the financial end of, <laughs> of the business down. I did, but you know what? I enjoyed meeting with the accounting uh, mentor, but even going back to IVP, that was a great program. My cohort, cohort two, was uh, more of the growing uh, aspect. We, most of the business, businesses in my cohort were very established, making really good money, and we just needed help figuring out how to grow, expand our businesses. So that was great to be with those, you know, similar person similar um you know situations with the businesses but and you know i thought that too oh i meet with the accounting mentor i already know everything but she was one of my maybe because i just love it you know talking to accountants but she just gave me some amazing ideas when it came to financing and you know growing the business so i enjoyed the accounting mentor we had an hr mentor we had a legal mentor they were all great we had a marketing representatives financing government i mean they really brought in the kitchen sink of everybody you can think of to help expand and grow your business so it was a great opportunity well that's one of the, the things, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you have to be the chief cook, bottle washer, janitor, <laughs> receptionist, yeah, you know, the, yeah. you know the, the whole nine yards. And very often, you're jack of all trades, the experts of none. Mm-hmm. This will, and even as, you know, with the accounting background that you have, Shay, is that, you know, you're talking to somebody else that has a, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. They can look at it from just a different angle. I mean, you're always looking straight ahead or whatever it may be. And now somebody's just coming in from the side and you're like, Oh, you know, I never, I never saw that. Exactly. And that pick up that little, little mm-hmm. tidbit there. But, you know, you may not be strong in HR, but this is a, a program that would enable somebody to say, hey, I can hone and, and bring up my HR skills. Exactly. And, I think that's one of the, that is one of the greatest lessons. We had to do a full presentation with all these big leaders and stuff at the end. And one of my biggest lessons learned was delegation and that I am an, I want to eventually be an employer and not just an employee which I am an employer now. I've hired people. I've got counselors and ministers. I am extremely a control freak. <laughs> I'm an Most OCD entrepreneurs are. and type A. So yes. I, Can I, anybody I, do it as good as you? Oh no, of course okay. not. Of course not. I just, after 22 years of marriage, hired somebody to clean my house because I'm like, nobody can clean my house like me, you know? So yeah, I just, um, yeah, I'm totally a control freak and, but it's hard to let go. And so that was constantly reiterated during the IVP program was delegate, delegate, delegate. And I literally put that on my presentation. Delegate, delegate, delegate. That is what I learned overall, anything. I mean, it was some great information, but it was just a reminder that I need to delegate. <laughs> so, You know, and so it was a valuable, valuable asset for you. Totally, totally. And my sister was in there, so that was a surprise. She owns a hair salon in Odenton, so oh, okay. she's growing her business as well and expanding. So, And then a couple other business people that I've known through different organizations were in there. So it was a great cohort. That's right. That's really yeah. neat. That's yeah. neat. And again, this the whole thing is it, there's no cost to do it. No cost. Uh, you've got to apply for it. You've got yeah. to be a business. You've got to be in good standing. Exactly. Uh, I think you had to have made some revenue in the you last did. year or two. They had a cap and how many employees you had to have. And then also we had to go through an interview process. Right. So, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just like a come on in and sit no, down type thing. But in the end, you also do get a grant of $5,000 for if you're just starting up, it's seed money. And, uh, you know, in your case, it could be expansion money. And exactly. you can turn around and... Uh, whether it be I need a new computer software to handle something or, or promotion other. Promotion or advertisement, which is what I used it for. <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah. 
Crusaders for Change with the number four in the middle there, .org or .com. Mm -hmm. And this is Shay Cook, who is the founder and the president and the CEO and the chief cook bottle washer and uh, (laughs) And and marketing and everything else. (laughs) And control freak of the the organization. You know, this is some great information. I think this is a a service that anybody can use. I mean, I, I would certainly think that somebody that feels they may be on the right track could benefit from talking to you to either you say, yeah, dude, you're doing good. Exactly. Or, you know, you could do better. Or, man, you're way off. <laughs> you know, one, one, of the, one of the two to figure it out. Yeah, know, it's good. To, you know, people say you got to check in with your physical body. And now they add the mental piece, which we're still working on in this country, and then the spiritual piece. But you need to check in with your finances. So, like you said, if somebody's really good at it, we can, you can, we can offer you. And it's not just me. I have a team of counselors and coaches that can offer you assistance and to improve your situation. Fantastic. Yeah. Shay Cook, thank you very much for your time this morning. Congratulations on completing the IBB program. And, you know, crusadersforchange.org is where you want to go and check out all the things that they can do for you. And if you're struggling or not quite sure you're on the right track, I would suggest uh, giving you a call and see what you can do. Please do. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.